Hey, hey, hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 58 of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, in the place to be. Happy Friday, folks. Hope you're having a good one out there. Sorry we missed last week. I'm going to be honest. I'll tell you exactly why we missed last week. Uh, I had an early Friday morning meeting last week that I just simply could not miss. And I woke up really early for that meeting. I woke up at 6 a.m. and um, I was really tired. And it was actually a really nice day in D.C. that day. And my meeting was in D.C., so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to rush home. I'm going to take this week off and just, you know, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about last week, I felt. So I, I felt okay taking last week off. Uh, we're going to recap what's happened in the time that we've been away uh, for the Yankees. It's not been great, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about all that, of course. Uh, we'll talk about the NBA Finals. It's tied at 2. Game th- uh, 5 is uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night. Uh, at 9 o'clock in Phoenix. Looking forward to that as well. It's been a great series so far. Um, It's been a lot of fun to watch these two teams that are relatively new blood to the NBA Finals. We'll talk about a few other things as well that may have caught my eye. Also, uh, during the Yankees segment, we'll also recap the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, the Home Run Derby, all that good stuff. I thought it was great. I I really enjoyed all of it. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it with you. Uh, I am recording live today from Pike and Rose, as usual. Um... I am in the bathroom area, so if you hear toilets flushing and people coming in and out, uh, that's why. Uh, The only reason I'm recording is because here is because uh, it's really hot outside, and um, I also uh, wanted space to charge my phone, and apparently the electrical outlets uh, outside are not working today at Pike and Rose, so I am inside uh, at the bathroom section. It's much cooler in here, even though it is the bathroom area. Uh, but still, you know, I hope you're having a good one out there. Uh, things have been pretty good for me in the last two weeks. Uh, I still like my job. Uh, I love my job. Love my job. I, I like my job. It's an understatement. The International Spine Museum is awesome. It's going great. I really enjoy working there. Um, and I encourage anybody who comes to visit D.C. to come check out this awesome museum. It's, it's really a lot of fun. And then come visit me afterwards in the store. Um, and also, uh, some more exciting news. I moved, finally. I finally moved uh, out of uh, downtown Silver Spring. I, I still live in Silver Spring, but I'm a little bit more north. Uh, if you know the red line uh, and the D.C. metro. Uh, now, I used to live at the near, close to the Silver Spring station. I now live close to the Glenmont station. So uh, I, that's where I now live. I'm really excited about it. It feels good to finally be out of that crappy apartment and uh, into a much better situation. So um, I'm very happy about that. Uh, so I've been busy with that over the last couple of weeks as well. Uh, but now I'm about 90% moved into my new place. Uh, and I'm feeling pretty good. I really like it. love my roommates. I know I, this is the first time I've lived with non-random people in my four years in the D.C. area. So I'm pretty excited about that. I, I know both Jan and Juan pretty well. So I'm pretty excited to live with them. And it should be a great time. I, you know, I really appreciate them letting me move in with them. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, living with them. Uh, so it should be awesome. Um, so that's been fun. You know, there's been a lot of good things, you know, despite the Yankees trying their best to ruin my life. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm still having some good things going on in my life, despite that. So uh, I think that's enough for the intro. I think this is actually going to be a shorter episode than normal, folks. We're pretty much going to talk, it's going to be mostly Yankees, and we'll talk a little bit about the NBA Finals as well, and then some other stuff as well. I have some acknowledgments I want to give out towards the end. But I think this will be a shorter episode than normal. I, I don't think we're going to go too, too long on today's episode. So, uh, 
Oh, let's get this over with, folks. Let's talk about the mess that is the 2021 New York Yankees. Here we go. All right, folks. The last couple weeks for the Yankees have been pretty nuts, honestly. Uh, if you'll remember when we last left off when we were talking about our beloved team, uh, they had just blown that lead to the Angels. Chapman had given up the grand slam to Walsh, and the Angels won that game 11-8. Uh, uh, the next game uh, on July 1st was postponed, thank goodness, due to rain. I, I don't know if I could have taken more Yankee baseball after that loss, that 11-8 demoralizing defeat that I still we still we have two more terrible losses to talk about uh in this upcoming stretch of games uh but I still consider that loss to the Angels to be the worst loss of the season so um after the Angels series they played the Mets which we previewed excellently with Pat Stein if you missed that I encourage you to go back and listen to the last episode where Pat Stein came on and uh, helped me preview the Mets series Um, and, um, I thought we did a good job previewing that series. The first game on July 2nd was postponed due to rain. Again, thank goodness. I don't know if I could have taken more. I needed another day to recover after that terrible Yankee defeat, um, on Wednesday. And we finally get to the game, uh, on Saturday against the Mets, which the Mets won eight to three. They scored the first eight runs of the game. Uh, and just really looked good throughout. Um, I'll give you the scoring summary for this one. Uh, there was no scoring until the top of the fifth. Jordan Montgomery, I actually thought, started out pretty well in this game, but it all fell apart as it always does for the 2021 New York Yankees. Uh, I, now, I think there was more bad fielding in this one, too. Uh, Dominic Smith um, drove in the first run on an RBI single to make it 1 nothing Mets. Uh, James McCann made it 2 nothing. With an RBI single, both of these runs were in the top of the fifth. And then a third run scored on a wild pitch. Litke came in to relieve uh, Jordan Montgomery, and he threw a wild pitch to make it 3-0 Mets. That was all in the top of the fifth inning. In the top of the sixth inning, the Mets added five more runs to break this game wide open. Uh, Francisco Lindor was ju- – oh, Justin Wilson was awful in this game. Uh, I, he, let me give you Justin Wilson's line for this game. He didn't get a single out. He gave up five runs and four hits and walked one. Justin Wilson sucks. Send him to the sun. I don't even think they've they've barely used him since this game. And with good reason. He's trash. Anyway, scoring summary. uh, Lindor was walked by Justin Wilson with the bases loaded. That made it 4-0. And then Dominic Smith hit an RBI double to make it 6-0. And Kevin Pillar hit an RBI single to make it 8 nothing. Five runs for the Mets in the top of the sixth inning. All of them off uh, Justin Wilson. Ugh. Ugh. Yankees did get three runs back in the bottom of the sixth. Uh, Taiwan Walker, who was pitching a no-hitter in this game up to this point, gave up a home run to Aaron Judge. Uh, and then Gio hit a two-run single, but that was it. Yankees lose 8-3. to three. Uh, Like I said, uh, Taiwan Walker was pretty good for the Mets in this game. Five and two-thirds innings pitched. Two hits allowed, five strikeouts. Um, he did not allow a hit through the first five innings. Mets bullpen shut it down from there. Um, Castro, Familia, and Smith for the Mets got it done, and they win the first game of the Subway Series 8-3. to uh, The second, there was a doubleheader on um, Saturday, and the fir- on, on Sunday, excuse me, July 4th. Uh, July 4th was a doubleheader against the Mets. 
The first game was what I consider at that time to be the second worst loss of the season. The Yankees had the lead going into the ninth inning, and Aroldis Chapman gave it up once again. Anyway, here's the scoring summary for this game. Uh, it started in the top of the first inning. Cole was pitching for the Yankees. Dominic Smith hit a home run off him. Cole was not great in this game, and that led to more speculation about Spider Tech. Uh, he had a complete collapse, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, Yankees answered in the bottom of the second. Higgy, Kyle Higashioka hit a two-run double to make it 2-1 Yankees at that point. Uh, and then the newest Yankee, I didn't get a chance to mention this because it had happened. Um, actually, I did mention it in the last episode briefly, but I do like him so far. He's been a nice addition. Uh, Tim Locastro uh, hit a sacrifice fly uh, to make it 3-1 at that point. Um, and then uh, in the bottom of the third inning, uh, another double play, but it did score a run. Stanton hit into a double play to make it 4-1 Yankees at that point. Um and then um, Cole completely collapsed in the top of the fourth inning. He gave up three runs to tie. It was 4-1 Yankees after the double play, but Cole completely collapsed. Uh, he gave up an RBI single to Tomas Nito, uh, and then um, an RBI single to Brandon Nimmo, and then um, a nice play by Judge on the RBI single by Lindor that tied the game. Uh, he was able to get Nimmo out. He strayed too far from second, but still 4-4, and at that point Cole was pretty much done. Um, but I, Cole was not very good in this game. I'll give you his line. He only pitched three and a third innings pitch. Remember, this is a seven-inning game. Uh, four earned runs, three walks, six strikeouts. Not his usual dominant self uh, from Garrett Cole. Um, Yankees would score a run at the bottom of the fifth inning. Uh, Marcus Stroman threw a wild pitch uh, that enabled DJ LeMahieu to score. And look, I'm going to be honest. Um, I was at work during this game. I watched a good portion of it on my break and I had no confidence that they were going to hold on to this lead. I I'm telling you guys, I had zero confidence in this team that they were going to hold on to this lead. The way Chapman is going right now, I knew they were going to blow this game. I just knew it. I knew it. And Pete Alonzo, who we're not done talking about because he had a very impressive performance in the home run derby, would tie the game in the top of the seventh inning with a home run off Chapman, first batter of the ninth inning, to make it 5-5. So, and then they took Chapman out. Chapman would allow a couple more base runners. He allowed overall one hit and one walk in this got zero outs. Another bad performance from Chapman, who, by the way, was named an all-star. An all-star after this game. Are you kidding me? An all-star? That guy does not deserve to be an all-star. He's, 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 uh, he's trash without the sticky stuff. He's clearly been using the sticky stuff, and it's clearly affecting him. Anyway, they take Chapman out. Jose Peraza hits an RBI double. It was definitely fan interference, but they called it a double anyway because I don't think Andujar would have caught it anyway. 7-5 uh, Mets at that point. They had two more runs. On a Brandon, uh, Brandon Nimmo, uh, RBI single, uh, made it 9-5 Mets. Uh, Brandon Nimmo even advanced the second on a throwing error from Judge, which we don't see very often. And Lindor put the icing on the cake with an RBI single to make it 10-5. Litke again sucked. Litke was bad as well. He allowed three runs, two of them earned in one innings of work, giving up four hits, and the Yankees lose this game to the Mets and the series 10-5. Like, like I said, at this point, I considered this the second worst loss of the season. We're going to talk about the Astros series in a minute, 
But we're I at this point consider this the second worst loss of the season. I I, I don't know anything that could have topped. Like I thought the Angels loss was the only loss that even remotely came close to this one. I, I had no confidence that they were gonna keep it to. I, I had a feeling Chapman was gonna blow it. Anyway, ugh, I, that was a bad loss. I felt terrible after that game, and uh, it sucked. Uh, as far as the second game of the doubleheader, they actually won! They won a game! Can you believe it? They actually won a freaking game! And they scored three runs in the bottom of the second inning, um, thanks to a three-run home run from Gio Urshela. Uh, that made it 3 nothing Yankees. Uh, Pete Alonso hit his second home run of the day, an opposite field home run to make it 3-2. Um, and there's not a lot of scoring in this game. It was all home runs and a wild pitch by Castro. Another wild pitch by the Mets, actually. Enabled Brett Gardner to score, making it 4-2, and that was the final score. Uh, Nestor Cortez was great. Um, he pitched three and a third. I wish he would have gotten the win, um, but unfortunately, uh, he was not able to because he didn't pitch long enough. Um, or Cortez was really good. He struck out four. He only allowed two hits and one run. I really like Nestor Cortez. Now, O'Day was the one who gave up the home run to Alonzo. O'Day has not been very good since he came to the Yankees. But Chad Green shut it down in this game. Um, Chad Green was great. He pitched three innings. He struck out six, including an immaculate nine-pitch, nine-strikes, top of the seventh inning to end the game and give the Yankees a much-needed win. I, 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 like I said, you know, the first game of this doubleheader was really bad. Uh, but ultimately... Um, you know, I, I just think that the, uh, the Chad Green was great in this game. Chad Green was really good. Um, you know, again, not too much hitting, really, other than the Urshela home run, and that was pretty much it. Um, this was a, you know, a night. I, at this, I was still feeling bad about the first loss, but eh, it felt good to beat the Mets. It felt good to beat the Mets at least one time, and I guess we'll see uh, at, at when we see him again in September. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, well, it's not, I don't know if fun's the right words, but it's going to be an emotional night when the Yankees play the Mets on September 11th at City Field. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun, I think it's going to be fun to see for sure. All right, guys, i got to take care of one thing very quickly, and then after that I will be back to recap the Mariners series. All right, sorry about that, guys. I just had to take care of something really quickly before I get into the Mariners series, so uh, that's why I stopped the record. Uh, but uh, before we get into the Mariners series, I would like to mention that um, Aaron Judge was named the starting right fielder to the All-Star game. Uh, and, and I already mentioned this, but Aroldis Chapman was named an All-Star, and so was Garrett Cole. Uh, Cole didn't pitch in the game. You'll hear why when we get to the Houston series. But... Um, yeah, I personally judge. I really only think Judge was the was the most deserving. I mean, Judge absolutely deserves to be at the All Star game. He's been the Yankees' best hitter all season. Chapman, I don't know how he made it. Honestly, I, I understand Cole because Cole's, you know, in my opinion, the best pitcher in the American League. But um, I, I don't understand why, even with his struggles against the Mets in that game, I still don't understand how Chapman made the all-star team, honestly. I, I think that's a bad decision by Kevin Cash. I think he, I don't know if he'd been really paying attention to how bad Chapman's been doing lately. Uh, but anyway, let's get into the Seattle series. They won the first two games and then lost the last one. Um, these games were late. They were really late. Um, I stayed up for most of them because I love pain. That's the only other reason, folks. I love pain. And, um, but the Yankees were, you know, they won the first two games of the series. Uh, the first one was easy. They won 12 to 1. They were going up against a former Yankee farmhand in Justice Sheffield. And uh, Giancarlo Stanton promptly greeted uh, our friend Justice Sheffield with a long 
three-run home run to left field to give the Yankees a 3-0 lead in the first inning. Yankee, it was a bomb. It, was, it reminded me a lot of um, the, the home run judge hit in 2017 in Seattle, uh, which, uh, you know, when Ryan Rucco, uh, Ryan Rucco was calling, that was, I remember that fondly. Uh, that was a bomb. This was similar to that, an absolute bomb by Stanton to left field. Uh, they scored a run on a bases-loaded walk. Gary Sanchez earned the walk, uh, made it four nothing, and then Luke Voigt hit a two-run single in the top of the. This was in the top. Both of these runs were in the top of the second inning. Luke Voigt hit a two-run single to make it six nothing Yankees. Top of the third, the machine DJ LeMahieu made it seven nothing Yankees with an RBI single off Hector Santiago, the guy who was suspended for uh, using the sticky stuff, even though he claims it was just rosin and sweat. Aaron Judge hit an RBI double off Santiago. That made it 8-0, excuse me. And then Luke Voigt in the top of the fifth inning made it 9-0 with an RBI single. Made it 9-0, like I said. Uh, Mariners scored a run on the bottom of the sixth inning to make it 9-1. Then Odor put the finishing touches with a three-run home run, a long three-run home run to right field. Made it 12-1 Yankees at that point, and that was it. Ball game over, Yankees win. Uh, Jameson Tyone with his best start as a Yankee. Uh, seven innings pitched, four hits, only one run allowed, nine strikeouts, definitely without a doubt. Tyone's best start as a Yankee. Now, he admittedly has, you know, um, this is probably not the best hitting Mariners team, honestly, but um, still a good job from Tyone. You like to see that for sure. Um, Aroldis Chapman pitched the end of this game. He still does not have his control under control. He did strike out three, but he did walk two and allow a hit. Uh, but that was, it didn't really matter. Yankees won 12-1. to uh, Good start to the West Coast road trip. Uh, second game uh, was a little closer. They win 5-4. to four. Uh, Luis Sessa picked up the win. Yusei Kikuchi picked up the loss for the Mariners. Scoring summary in this one, uh, Luke Voigt in an RBI single in the top of the first inning off Kikuchi. Uh, and then Glaber hit a two-run single also off Kikuchi in the top of the first inning to make it 3-0. Um, now, Nick Nelson started this game, and Nick Nelson sucks. I mean, Nick Nelson is trash, man. Nick Nelson is useless. Uh, he's so bad. He only pitched two-thirds of an inning, and then they were like, screw it, we're going to Sessa. Uh, and with good reason, Jake Fraley earned the bases loaded walk-off Nelson, uh, and, the, and then they went to Sessa right away, and Sessa got out of it. Uh, Yankees would add to their lead Judge. Something about Judge in Seattle, folks. He loves hitting those long home runs. In the top of the second inning, it's a two-run home run to make it 5-1 Yankees. Uh, that would be the last run the Yankees would score in the rest of the Seattle series. Um, Tom Murphy hit a two-run home run off Domingo Herman. Oh, oh, yes, this was the game. I'm sorry. I should have mentioned this at the start. This was the game where Domingo Herman was supposed to start, but he had to get an emergency root canal at the start of the game. So he wasn't able to start the game. But for some reason, he was, I guess he was fine to come in relief. Anyway, Domingo Herman gave up the home run to Tom Murphy uh, and make it 5-4. But the Yankees' bullpen did a pretty good job holding it down from there. Uh, Loisaga pitched a clean inning, and um, Chad Green got the save. He struck out two. Uh, ball game over. Yankees win five to four in that one. Um, a close game, but you'll take the win. A great job, I thought overall by the Yankees bullpen. Other than Herman giving up those two runs, uh, it is weird that he was able to pitch um, in relief and not start, despite the fact that he had the emergency root canal that day. I don't know. I thought that was really weird. 
uh, just add it to the list of weird things this season. I mean, I don't know. I, was, I, I wrote this on Facebook yesterday. Somebody's going to be writing a book about this Yankee season someday. It's not going to be a very happy book. It's just going to be a weird, weird book about the 2021 Yankees. But anyway, they do win this game 5-4. Uh, to four. That sets up the last game of the series where, once again, the Yankees were unable to complete the sweep. At this point, this loss, the 4-0 loss to the Mariners, dropped the Yankees to 3-8 when they are going to complete the sweep, which is pathetic, honestly. You should be able to step on team's throats when you are going to complete the sweep. I don't understand why they're able to do it. They only got one hit in this game. I mean, are you kidding me? This, this guy, Gilbert, pitched a, a great game. I, mad respect to Gilbert. He absolutely shut the Yankees down. Logan Gilbert is his name. He allowed one hit. Struck out eight and seven. Brilliant innings of work. Shout out to Lo- I love good pitching. This was as good as it gets from Logan. Um, and then the Mariners bullpen didn't allow any hits. The re- other than that, Seawald got the hole. Graveman pitched the last inning. And the Mariners win the game four to nothing. Scoring summary, Kyle Seeger hit a home run off uh, Jordan Montgomery to make it one. Oh, Jordan Montgomery pitched well in this game. Uh, I thought Jordan Montgomery pitched actually pretty good. He pitched six and two-thirds. He only allowed three runs, but he did strike out nine. So Montgomery was good, but he did give up two home runs, one to Kyle Seeger, and a two-run shot to Dylan Moore in the bottom of the second inning. He made it 3 nothing, and then Mitch Hanniger added a third home run off Wandy in the bottom of the eighth inning to make it 4 nothing. That was a solo shot. That was the scoring summary, and that was the end of the Seattle series. Like I said, Yankees win the series, but again, I don't know if that's good enough at this point. The way the Yankees are behind in the standings, I really think you need to sweep a team like Seattle. You, you need to really step on their throats if you're the Yankees, in my opinion. So I, I don't. I personally don't. I'm not satisfied with two out of three. I'm really not. So that leads us into the Astros series in Houston, uh, which was great until the last game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the Astros series was a lot of fun. Uh, until that very last game. The first two games were awesome. Uh, they won the first game 4 to nothing. They shut out the Astros in the first two games, uh, which was awesome. Um, they scored four. They didn't score any runs until the top of the fourth inning when Brett Gardner hit a two-run double off Jake Odorizzi. Uh, they made it 2 nothing at that point, and they would add to it in the top of the seventh inning with a DJ LeMahieu two-run double. That made it 4 nothing Yankees, and that was it. The Yankees pitching was great. Another great start from Nestor Cortez. Uh, unfortunately, we have some news on Nestor Cortez, which we will talk about after the All-Star break. But he was great in this start. He was 4-2-3. and two-thirds. You wish he could have just gotten that one last out and gotten the win. But uh, unfortunately, he was unable to. He gets two, gives up two hits, two walks, two strikeouts. His ERA... Is now lower than DeGrom's, folks. He's got a 1.05 earn run average. DeGrom's 1.08. So uh, who's the best pitcher in New York? I don't know. Maybe it's Nestor Cortez. Maybe it's Jacob DeGrom. People are saying it could be Nestor Cortez. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Lucas Litke did get the win in this game. Uh, he pitched an inning in the third. I, 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 I'm just kidding, folks. I'm just kidding. Jacob DeGrom's the best. Um, Luke, you can calm down, Pat. Don't worry. I'm just messing with you. Uh, Lucas Litke did get the win. He pitched an inning and a third. He struck out one. No hits, no walks. Chad Green, another great two innings of work. He only allowed one hit, striking out two. And Loizaga, who we also have some news on when we get to the end of the All-Star break, uh, pitched an inning, striking out one. Ball game over. Yankees beat the cheating scumbag Astros 4 to nothing in this game. And that set up what I thought was without a doubt the best win of the season on that Saturday against the Astros. 
uh, a 1-0 win. The only run scoring in the top of the third inning on an Aaron Judge home run. And when he went around third base, he buttoned up his shirt like he was Jose Altuve after hitting that walk-off home run. When they asked him after the game why he did that, Alton Judge said, oh, it's a little chilly, and I was telling my teammates to bundle up. Make that man our captain. Make Aaron Judge the captain. Make Aaron Judge the freaking captain of the New York Yankees. That was I love stuff like that. Uh, we'll talk about what they did in the Sunday game, too. They took it even further, I would say, the trolling of the Astros. Uh, but I love this. I love the banter. I love the trash. I love Judge telling, bundling up like that. Um, and, yeah, it was just that was an awesome win. And, and um, Cole, oh, my goodness. Let's talk about Cole for a minute, folks. A complete game, three-hit shutout, only two walks, 12 strikeouts on 129 pitches. I said at the st- I, 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 I said after this game, the moment of the season, the moment of the season for me is Aaron Boone coming to take out Garrett Cole. And Garrett Cole basically telling him, I'm not fucking leaving. This is my game. I am not leaving this game no matter what. It was an awesome moment. And then he proceeded to strike out Gurriel on three pitches to end the game. It was awesome. I'm, I'm fired up just thinking about it. Uh, that's our ace right there. And he needed that. A bounce back start after a bad start against the Mets. A bad start before that against the Red Sox. Garrett Cole absolutely needed that. A beautiful game from Cole. I loved it. I'm glad Boone didn't take them out because I don't trust Chapman right now. Uh, thank goodness for Garrett Cole. I like ah, uh, this was immaculate. I'm so happy Garrett Cole pitched this game. And like I said, at this point, this was the best win of the season. Unfortunately, it was followed by the worst loss. Maybe the worst loss. It's, it's hard to tell at this point what's worse: that Angels loss or this one. Uh, but. The Yankees lost the Sunday game, the last game of the series. They did win the series overall. Um, they won the Friday and Saturday game, so they did win the series. But another disappointing loss. The bullpen just absolutely gave this one up. Six runs in the ninth inning. Inexcusable. And a walk-off to that cheating little scumbag Jose Altuve. An 8-7 win for the Astros. Let's go into the scoring summary. Uh, the first run scored on an error uh, in the top of the third inning. Um, that made it one nothing Yankees. Uh, they would tie. Astros would tie it. Uh, Martin Maldonado hit a home run off Tyone to make it one one. He, I remember, he lifted down his shirt to prove that he's not wearing a buzzer. Um, which, yeah, I get it. I get it. We get it, dude. You're not wearing a buzzer. And then Tim Locastro hit a home run, an opposite field home run, which actually, you know, it's kind of funny. John Sterling was not prepared for Locastro to hit a home run at all. He did not have a home run call for Tim Locastro, which I thought was weird. John Sterling's always usually prepared with this stuff. Uh, That made it 2-1. And, by the way, they put a jacket on Locastro when he came back to the dugout because it's a little chilly in Minute Maid Park, if you'll remember correctly. It's a little little chilly, a little chilly. Uh, (laughs) Glaber Torres hit an RBI single to make it 3-1 at that point. In the bottom of the sixth inning, the Astros would answer on a Kyle Tucker home run. That made it 3-2 off Tyone. Uh, but the Yankees would score more in the top of the seventh. Gio Urshela hit an RBI single to make it 4-2. And Gary Sanchez, we thought, put the game away in the top of the eighth inning with a three-run home run. And again, they put the jacket on Gary after he hit the home run. So um, I, I, we thought it was over. We, we thought the Yankees are going to complete the sweep of the Astros. 
Go into the All-Star break happy. This is going to be great. Right, right, right. Let's get into the bottom of the ninth inning and what happened there. Chaz McCormick hit a two-run RBI double. That made it 7-4 at that point. Abraham Toro hit another double. That made it 7-5 off Chad Green. And then Jose Altuve hits a three-run home run to left field to win the game for the Astros. And by the way, the Astros ripped Altuve's shirt off right after he hit this home run. I didn't see a bad tattoo there. So if he was hiding a bad tattoo in 2019, he was was lying. He was lying. Or he got it removed. I don't know. I don't know. It makes me just confirms to me that the Astros are cheating little scumbags. I can't stand those fuckers. I can't stand the Astros. Ah, this was a bad loss. Uh, Chad Green gave up all the runs in the ninth inning. He gave up he I'm he gave up four runs. He only got one out, four hits, and the home run to Altuve. Ugh, what a way to go into the All Star break. Um, you know, it's just fitting. Like what can go wrong for this team? does go wrong. They have their best win of the season on Saturday. The game where Cole pitches a complete game. Judge hits the home run. It looks good, right? It looks great. It, it, you know, things are looking good. And then, ah, I'm so frustrated, folks. You can hear the frustration in my voice. I, I just, what can go wrong will go wrong. It's so frustrating, folks. It really is. Anyway, um, the Yankees have not played a game. In fact, nobody's played a game since then. So I'll give you the standings going into the All-Star break. The Yankees are eight games back of the Red Sox in first place. Um, they uh, are in fourth place. They're 46-43. and 43. Uh, They are four and a half games back of the second wild card spot. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some work. And we have some bad news to get to. In just a second. I feel like I'm burying the lead with this bad news, but uh, we do have to talk about it. First, I want to very briefly touch on what happened at the All-Star Game. Uh, first off, the home run derby. Uh, Pete Alonso um, beat Trey Mancini in the final. I thought it was great. I, I love. I think Pete Alonso is just built for the home run derby. I, I think you know, I think it's cool that he has fun out there doing it. I also think it's cool. I Well, actually, I, this may not be cool is the right word to describe this, but I think it's interesting that he's made more money in his career off winning home run derbies, $2 million to uh, his career earnings to date, which is a little bit less than that, actually. So um, I was, I'm happy, you know, Pete Alonso just seems like he's built for these home run derbies. Uh, shout out to Trey Mancini, too, for making the final. That was awesome. I was rooting for Mancini, honestly. It would have been a great story. Uh, the Soto versus Otani battle was great. I was personally rooting for uh, Juan Soto. But uh, uh, and he did pull off the win over Otani. I know a lot of people were rooting for Otani. There was no doubt who the star of the week was. By the way, it was Otani. Uh, he was in the home run derby. He pitched the all. He pitched the started as the starting pitcher in the All Star game, and he led off the All Star game. It's no doubt who the main star of All Star week was in Major League Baseball. It was Shohei Otani. Uh, but he, he did not win the home run derby. Uh, Soto eliminated him. Um, and then uh, Soto was eliminated later. But um, I really like the Home Run Derby. I, I'm glad it was back. Um, I, I, I was, it was really a lot of fun. Uh, it, was a lot, it was really cool. I really like it. Um, and uh, I'm not even going to comment on the celebrity game because it's all TikTok people. And I hate TikTok, as you guys know. I, TikTok is evil. 
I'll never watch a TikTok video as long as I live. And that's pretty much it. It was like Quavo, DK Metcalf, and like 10 other people from TikTok. And that's, so I'm not even going to comment on the celebrity game. Um, and, and one other cool thing about the uh, Home Run Derby, uh, all the players were wearing 44 uh, in tribute to Hank Aaron. Uh, now, I know a lot of people were like, this would have been better in Atlanta. Well, maybe you should have, you know, made it a little easier for people to vote in Georgia. That, that's all I got to say on that. Maybe you would have kept your All-Star game in Atlanta. But anyway, um, the actual All-Star game was Tuesday night. Started out with a great moment, um, uh, I thought, with um, Hank Aaron's widow um, being escorted onto the field by Freddie Freeman and Aaron Judge. Um, that was a really nice moment. I thought, you know, they did a really nice job making, paying tribute to Hank Aaron. Even though the game wasn't in Atlanta, I really think they did a nice job paying tribute to Hank Aaron. Um, the uniforms were awful. They're a disgrace. Whoever designed that shit needs to be fired now. Those uniforms suck. Never do that again, Major League Baseball. Those uniforms were ugly. They were terrible. They were awful. They were, ugh. I hated those all-star game uniforms. Never do that again, Major League Baseball. Always have the teams wearing their home uniforms. That's how it should be. That's how I was raised. That's how all baseball fans were raised. Their teams wearing their home uniforms is what made the all-star game unique and special. So never wear those uniforms again. Burn all those uniforms. Whoever designed those monstrosities needs to be fired. Another positive from the all-star break, though, is also that Rob Manfred said the seven-inning doubleheaders and the man-on-second-inning rule um, second extra innings rule will go away after the season, which I like. I thank goodness, honestly. Baseball was meant to be nine innings, and um, I'm glad that Major League Baseball realizes that this was just a weird COVID thing, and they should not make it a permanent change in Major League Baseball. I'm glad they recognize that they made the mistake, and they are correcting it. That's good of Major League Baseball. Rob Manfred is still a clown, but I still approve of that. Now, on to the actual All-Star game itself. Uh, the AL won 5-2. Uh, Aaron Judge scored the first run of the All-Star game. He walked. Marcus Simeon hit an RBI infield single to make it 1-0 AL. Uh, his teammate, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., hit a long home run to left field to make it 2-0 off Corbin Burns. Uh, in the top of the fifth inning, the AL would add on to the lead. Guerrero drove in another run with an RBI ground out. That made it 3-0. Uh, Xander Bogart hit an RBI single to make it 4-0. American League in the top of the fifth inning. Uh, NL got one run in the bottom of the fifth inning. JT Real Muto hit a home run off Gregory Soto of the Tigers to make it 4-1. Uh, Mike Zunino would answer with a home run to make it 5-1. And then uh, the NL scored one more run in the sixth inning, and that was it. Uh, the American League wins 5-2. was the highest-rated All-Star game of any professional sport this year, outdoing the NBA All-Star game and the Pro Bowl. Which, uh, by the way, I, I, how's that boycott of baseball going? It seems like uh, it's going real well if it was the highest-rated All-Star game in uh, all of professional sports this year. It seems like that boycott's going real well, folks. It seems, it seems like people are really boycotting Major League Baseball, if you ask me. So uh, I felt great. I was like, great. That was a great All-Star weekend uh, week. Uh, and now I'm ready to go into the second half. Yankees have a big four-game series against the Red Sox. They, you know, they need to win these games. They're 0-6 against the Red Sox this season. What could possibly go wrong? What, you know, what could possibly be another wrinkle to this 2021 shit show of a season for the Yankees. What could possibly go wrong next? Oh, I need to take a breath. Oh my goodness. Hang on. I need to take a sip of my coffee. Uh, what could possibly go wrong next, folks? 
How about another freaking COVID outbreak? That's what could possibly go wrong. It started with Jonathan Loizaga being kept in Houston after the Astros series in quarantine because he's on the COVID list. Then Nestor Cortez goes on the COVID list. And then Wandy Peralta goes on the COVID list. And then we find out we have three more cases. And the news came fast and furious yesterday, folks. Fast and fast and fast. First it was the Yankees are not taking batting practice today out of caution. The Red Sox are not taking batting practice today out of caution. Then it's the game's postponed completely. You're like, what the hell? What Are you kidding me right now? And then Marley Rivera, who I'm a big fan of, Marley Rivera from ESPN, reports that a Yankees all-star, so that narrows it down to three people, Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, and Aroldis Chapman has tested positive for the virus. Or has entered COVID protocols. I'm not 100% sure which one's which yet. But um, at that point, I'm like, well, I might be Chapman because, you know, it's already been Nestor Cortez and Jonathan Luizaga and Wandy Peralta, so maybe it's another reliever here. Uh, but no, it's Aaron Judge. And um, that's, that's big because Aaron Judge was obviously a, a big part of All-Star Weekend. He's one of the faces of baseball, so... He mingled with a lot of people during All-Star Weekend. So uh, Alex Cora mentioned, the manager of the Red Sox, mentioned that he's not sure about his players. He He had five players go to the All-Star Game. All of them had close contact with Judge. And he said that not all of them were vaccinated at that point. So not only is Aaron Judge on the COVID list, but Kyle Higashioka is on the COVID list. And Gio Urshela is also on the COVID list. This sucks, guys. I don't even know what to say anymore. This is just like, what can go wrong? I know I've said this a thousand times, but what can go wrong this season will go wrong. And I feel bad. Like, I... This is a terrible endorsement for the... What is... Are these just like... Also, they announced that Glaber Torres... Glaber Torres missed seven games because he tested positive for COVID a second time. They said that was a false positive. So are these false positives... Did they just get the the most suspect, shitty edition of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine possible? What is going on here? I do not have. So they postponed the game yesterday, Thursday. I do not have a ton of confidence that they're going to play tonight. I, I just think it's too quick of a turnaround. There's too much up in the air. Not only is Judge Higashioka, Urshela, Cortez, Loizaga, and Peralta all out. But Judge had close contact with five Red Sox All-Stars, so they could potentially be all out. Now, I talked to Ethan Winter a bit about about this, and Ethan was like, fuck Aaron Judge, and all that stuff. I'm like, dude, it's not really his fault. Like, what do you expect? Like, like, he couldn't have seen this coming. And this is just like the weirdest thing, because 85% of the team got vaccinated in April. They got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. We heard them announce that they got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. This is just the weirdest thing ever. I'm sorry, this is just the weirdest thing ever. I have no explanation for it. I have no explanation for this Yankee season. This season is on drugs. This season is on drugs. Anyway, I don't expect the Yankees to play tonight. I think they're going to postpone the game again. I would be surprised if they play it all this weekend, honestly. I think this whole series could get bagged, honestly. There's a lot up in the air right now. I would not let them play if I was Rob Manfred. Uh, I'm not even going to go into the probable pitchers for this, for this series. Um, I know Domingo Herman was scheduled to start last night, so I'm not sure if he would start tonight. I don't know, guys. This is just weird. This is this is nuts. I, I have no explanation for this anymore. I just gave you two weeks worth of craziness within the Yankees organization. 
Uh, my reaction when I saw Aaron Judge uh, was on the COVID list was just why, God? Why? Why? What now? All right. All right. I, I, I think I've had enough of talking about this, this disastrous Yankee season. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really need to talk about. Um, I, I don't expect them to play. Even if they play tonight, I won't be watching. I'm going to the Nationals game tonight. I'm really excited. I get to watch Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Padres, which is exciting. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to watching Tatis. Uh, he's, in my opinion, one of the bright young faces of Major League Baseball. So I'm looking forward to watching him play. Uh, and getting a night off from the Yankees, uh, another night off from the Yankees is good. Uh, I need to wash this bad taste out of my mouth, folks. I really do. This is a shitty situation. This really is. Um, and, you know, good luck winning games without Judge and Geo and Loisaga and Peralta. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And who knows how long these guys are going to be out for. Uh, it's, this is a real, real bad situation, guys. And um, I have no answers. I, I have no answers. All right, I think about, that just about does it for the Yankees segment. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about the uh, first four games of the NBA Finals, uh, which is now tied at two. Stay tuned for that on Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. guys i gotta be honest i have been legitimately enjoying this nba final so far i think it's been great um i I thought my original prediction uh was the suns winning in six games which is still possible but um i've been really impressed with the basketball in the series i thought game four in particular was great um let's recap the first four games in the series now there's a lot of speculation as to whether Giannis was going to play game one or not um uh, he very quickly, was, it was similar to James Harden in the Bucks series. They very quickly, rapidly updated his injury status, and Giannis was able to play in game one. He was clearly not very as, as effective as he would have been. Uh, he, was, he only scored 20 points in the game. The Suns won 118 to 105. Um, the best performer for the Suns was Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul was great once again. In his first ever NBA Finals game, scored 32 points. Uh, nine assists, four rebounds, a great night for Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton had a monster game, 22 points, 19 rebounds. And Devin Booker as well with 27 points for the Suns. Uh, I've been impressed with the bench player from Cam, the bench play from Cam Johnson and Cameron Payne as well. They each scored 10 points for the Suns in this game. The only bad news I would say for the Suns is that Dario Saric got hurt. Uh, very badly. He's out for the entire series now, which means more minutes for Frank Kaminsky, which is not a good thing. Frank Kaminsky is useless. Um, but this was a good win for the Suns to open the series. Uh, I love, I gotta be honest, folks, I absolutely love the counting for Giannis at the free throw line. I think that shit's hilarious. Uh, I, I hope that continues into next NBA season as well. And uh, it clearly worked in this game. Uh, he was 7 of 12 from the free throw line. Giannis is not a great free throw shooter, as we all know, but I do think the counting is in his head. Like, he even said, they asked him after game two, like, can you hear the count? He's like, yeah, of course I can hear the counting. Like, duh, no shit I can hear the counting. But, um, yeah, so anyway, I, this game honestly was not as close as the final scoreline indicated, I felt. Suns looked really good in this game, I thought. I thought the Suns looked great. Um, and, uh, yeah, 118-105, to they win in game one. 
Game two, they win almost identically score. It was only a three-point difference. They win 118 to 108. Uh, let's take a 2-0 series lead at that point. Despite 42 points from Giannis Antetokounmpo, a much better game from Giannis. He looked great in this one. Played 40 minutes, scored 42 points, uh, 15 of 22 shooting. Uh, but kind of an off night for Chris Middleton, 5 of six, five of 16 shooting. And Drew Holiday was only 7 of 21. So um, not a great night for those guys. Um, as far as the Suns go, Devin Booker had a great game, 31 points. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, that's a runes boy from Villanova, had 27 points. Uh, Chris Paul had another 23. Um, even Jay Crowder had a double-double. He had 11 points, 10 rebounds as he goes for, uh, as he's in his second straight NBA Finals. If you'll remember correctly, he was with the Heat last season as well. So, uh, yeah, again, again, these were two fairly easy wins for the Phoenix Suns, I would say. And it looked like this might be a short series. I think a lot of people, you know, we kind of jokingly said Suns in four because of that guy and everything. But um, at that point, I think we were all legitimately thinking, okay, yeah, the Suns could win this in four. Like, they really legitimately could win this series in four games. Um, now, Milwaukee answered back in a big way on Sunday. Uh, they won by 20 in a game that was not really close at all. Uh, absolute blowout win. Giannis was incredible once again. 41 points in front of his home crowd. Uh, first off, shout out to the Milwaukee fans. They bring the noise, man. That is a loud crowd. They have been waiting for their Bucks to be back in the NBA Finals since 1974. They brought the noise. I shout out. Fear the deer, man. Bravo. Claps, claps, claps to the Milwaukee Bucks and their fans, not only in the arena, but outside the arena, in the deer district. I mean, that was... Uh, just great stuff from that crowd in Milwaukee. And they led their team to a great victory in this one. Giannis was 41 points. And he was much better from the free throw line than in any previous game. He was 13 of 17. Like I said, the chanting and the counting down, I think, is really getting into Giannis's head when he's on the road. That's why he struggles more on the road. But he had, was also 14 of 23 shooting. A great night for Giannis, the two-time MVP. And uh, we're not done talking about him because he had a big moment in game four as well. Um, Drew Holiday was the second leading scorer. He had 21 points. Um, Brooke Lopez was 4 of 9 shooting, 11 points. Uh, Chris Middleton had 18 points as well. Uh, Bobby Portis, I like, I like seeing Bobby Portis do well. You guys know I'm a big part of Knicks Facebook, and a lot of Knicks fans out there are like, why did we cut Bobby Portis when he's doing so well? I mean, like, I was okay with it. I mean, Bobby Portis wasn't great for us or anything. He was an all right player, but he was never anything spectacular or anything like that for Bobby Portis. But um, contributes off the bench with 11 points. Like, honestly, if you had told me that a year later after Bobby Portis was on a terrible Knicks team that the crowd in Milwaukee would be chanting his name like Bobby, 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 I wouldn't have believed you. I would have thought you were crazy. But, um... He's been a big player for the Bucks in this game, uh, Pat Con or in this series. Uh, Pat Connaughton's also been good. Uh, he had thirty, played thirty minutes in this game, scored eight points. Um, yeah, this was an easy win for the Bucks on their home floor, uh, and that let set up the game on uh, Wednesday, which I think has been the best game of the series so far. Um, a one hundred nine to one hundred three victory for the Bucks. The two big things from the fourth quarter in this game, I would say, uh, first off, the um, the foul or the no, the no call on Devin Booker uh, was clearly a foul. I mean, obviously a foul. I mean, Mark Jackson 
and Jeff Van Gundy and, of course, Mike Breen were all like, that is a foul. That is a foul. He should be out of the game. That would have been his sixth foul. I honestly believe the only reason they did not call it a foul is because they didn't want Devin Booker fouling out of the game. That's the only reason. I, I totally, I, that would have been six. Makes no sense to me. But the Bucks got a huge moment later in the fourth quarter. Uh, the, the, the Suns were trying to set up an alley-oop, and Giannis with a fantastic rejection, an all-time great block. Honestly, that's right up there with LeBron for me. That, I, I'm not willing to go and say that's the greatest block I've ever seen because LeBron's was in Game 7 of, you know, of the NBA Finals, and this is only Game 4, but that was damn near amazing. A great block from Giannis on that play. Really impressive. Really, really impressive from Giannis on that play. Um, and, um, yeah, Chris Middleton was the leading scorer again for the Bucks. He had his first uh, – he had another 40-point game, uh, 15 of 33 shooting, a great day from Middleton, 3 of 8 from 3. Uh, Giannis with a double-double, 26 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, uh, Connaughton had 11 points off the bench. Uh, Drew Holiday had 13 points as well. Brooke Lopez, 14. Um, as far as the Suns go, another bad game for Chris Paul, honestly. Chris Paul was not great in this game, and he wasn't great in game three either. Um, so there's a lot of questions about Chris Paul now. Like, is Chris, is Chris Paul slowing down a little bit? Like, what's going on here with Chris Paul? Um, Devin Booker was amazing, though. I mean, Booker absolutely put the Suns on his back. It wasn't enough, unfortunately. He had 42 points in this game, 17 of 28 shooting. That's just amazing in 39 minutes. Um, Aiton, other than 17 rebounds, only scored six points. Crowder with 15 points, and uh, that's pretty much it. Um, the block by Giannis, again, an incredible play. An all-time great block. That's why he was not only the MVP, but the Defensive Player of the Year as well. He is an incredible player. I love watching Giannis play. He is the Greek freak for a reason. I know he has flaws in his game, but he is without a doubt one of the best players in the NBA. When he puts it all together, he is absolutely a freak. The Greek freak. Anyway, um, this series is now tied at two. Um, I... I it's going back to Phoenix. Game 5 is tomorrow night, Saturday, July 17th. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think the Suns will win Game 5 on their home floor. I think home court is going to play out for the rest of the series. My original prediction was Suns in 6. I honestly think that the Bucks have just too much juice on their home floor to lose. Same with the Suns. Those crowds are awesome. Uh, you know, It's really nice that we're getting full arenas again in time for the NBA Finals. Uh, it was definitely missed last year in the bubble. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm excited for Game 5. Well, I think it's really been a great series so far. Uh, I think we'll see if it goes 7, but um, I, I think it's been a great series. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Game 5 tomorrow night. Um, and just a couple other things from the NBA. Uh, Mike wanted me to comment on this as well. The Rachel Nichols situation is just ugly. I mean, what she said was wrong she shouldn't have said it personally but i don't know um I, I if i were her i would have personally that's just something you shouldn't say at all and you know maria taylor earned where she is and to say that is just wrong of rachel nichols if you ask me um I, then even adam silver was like that's just you can't say that and i think espn did the right thing taking her off the finals coverage because or taking her off the finals coverage because i think the, the criticism would have been just like crazy and um, 
I don't know. I, I, it's just not the right thing to say if you're Rachel Nichols, in my opinion. Um, and just to comment on um, Team USA basketball, which is also a kind of a shit show right now, uh, they lost to Australia and Nigeria last week. Um, they did respond by beating Argentina, but USA had not lost two exhibition games in a row since professional players started playing for the Dream Team in 1992. So... Um, Look, I think they. I think once they get Middleton and Booker and Holiday uh, off this NBA Finals, I think they'll be fine. But uh, that's not good. That's not good. And then on top of that, Bradley Beal is going to miss the Olympics because he's in health and safety protocols, which sucks. Uh, not only because I live in D.C. and I really like Bradley Beal, um, and I wanted him to get a chance at a gold medal, um, but it just sucks to, that we're still dealing with. You know, we talked about the Yankees situation with COVID. But, um, you know, now we've got this on top of that. We've seen other situations as well with, like, Rich Eisen testing positive for COVID. Something's definitely going around here, folks. It's definitely something – something's not right, if you ask me. I know we're all getting vaccinated, and it feels like we're getting our lives back to normal and everything. But there's still, we, there's still a risk of COVID out there. The Delta variant is spreading. Listen to the president when he says the Delta variant is spreading, because it is. So um, – and also, I, if I remember correctly, I don't, I don't think Bradley Beal got the vaccine, honestly. I, I heard that his wife uh, is a bit of an anti-vaxxer. I remember or somebody showed me that when Hank, I think it might have been Arun, honestly, showed me that when Hank Aaron um, died, Bradley Beal's wife was like, because he got the vaccine, the vaccine killed him. Oh, it just, make, just makes no sense at all. It's so stupid. But um, something's definitely going around. So please be careful. Please take precautions. Please try and stay safe. Um, you know, it, it feels like we're out of the woods because everybody's, you know, getting the vaccine and getting their lives back to normal. But we're really not yet. Like, things are not back to normal just yet. So stay, stay vigilant out there, folks. Um, so that pretty much does it for the basketball news out there. I, I really hope um, Team USA does well at the Olympics. The Olympics start in a week. I mean, holy smokes, that's soon. And another thing we, did, we didn't get a chance to talk about last week was the fact that there's going to be no fans at the Olympics, which is going to be weird because Japan's still on lockdown. So we're going to have a fanless Olympics. This is going to be weird, folks. This is going to be weird. I don't know how much I'm going to actually talk about the Olympics. I know my friend Adrian's really excited for the Olympics because he's always, he's always into the Olympics. But I don't know. This is going to be a weird Olympics for me. I'm, you know, rooting for certain America. I'm rooting for, of course, the men's basketball team and the baseball team, of course. I'm glad baseball's back in the Olympics. This is going to be a weird Olympics for sure. Uh, it won't be your typical. It's already been delayed a year, so um, I don't know. I, I feel kind of dirty watching it, but we'll see how it goes. All right, folks, we'll wrap up today's episode. I have some last-minute things I want to talk about, uh, and then I'm going to continue on my walk and um, enjoy the rest of my day. Um, stay tuned for the rest of the, today's episode of A Pond for the Review with Brian Brennan. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up today's episode with a, a couple of things that happened um, while we were away last week. Um, first off, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Uh, they won that in five games. Um, they beat the Montreal Canadiens in a gentleman's sweep. Montreal won game four. And then... Um, Tampa won game five, one to nothing. Um, just wrapping up the most boring, lame hockey season ever. Thank goodness this hockey season's over. I, I'm so happy this hockey season's over. I debated with Robbie Gross about this last week, 
And uh, he has his opinion on this, and I have mine. But I would like to make it very clear that my opinion on this matter is I would watch the 60-game baseball season a thousand times before I watch this crappy hockey season over again. This is the season that effectively killed my interest in the sport of hockey. I'm still a Rangers fan. I will always be a Rangers fan. But I am, like, do not care about the rest of hockey. I just do not care about the rest of hockey. This season killed my interest in hockey. So, uh, again, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning on winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, congratulations to Ryan McDonough, especially uh, former Ranger captain, on winning his second straight Stanley Cup. Good for him. Hockey's still lame. I'm sorry. It is. It is. Baseball's better. And if you ever have a debate about which championship was better in D.C. between the 2018 Capitals and the 2019 Nationals, the answer is always the 2019 Nationals, okay? It's much more impressive to win four road games on the road against a team that's cheating than beating an expansion team in the Stanley Cup Finals. I will go to my grave thinking that the 2019 Nats were a much more fun and better championship run than the 2018 Capitals. Hockey is boring. Anyway, let's talk about the European Championship as well. Um, The Euro Final between England and Italy. Um, It got off to a great start. England scored right away, scored three minutes into the match, and you thought things were going to be great. They were playing at Wembley. The crowd was amazing uh, at Wembley, too. What an atmosphere. Uh, Italy tied it in the 66th minute, and it went to penalties. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of debate as to whether penalties are the best way to decide something like this, a big-time European soccer match, a big-time championship soccer match. Um, but unfortunately for England, uh, they come up short. Italy wins on penalties. And um, unfortunately, um, the three players who missed for England on the penalty shootout, uh, Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, and Bakuyo Saka, are all black. And um, they've all been dealing with racism, which is disgusting and shameful and just horrible and has completely overshadowed what was a great run for England in this tournament to see the racism and especially for Saka man look I'm an Arsenal fan so I love uh, Saka's you know he's a goo he's a gunner so I, I want Saka to do well but to see the racism that he was getting from people was sickening and just he's a 19 year old kid and I, look it takes a lot of nerves of steel to step up in a moment like that and take a penalty in the European final. It takes ner- it takes balls, man. It takes balls. And you're going to be a racist little shit to that kid. Fuck anybody who's racist to Bakuya Saka, Jaden Sancho, or Marcus Rashford. I-, I saw people vandalize a mural of Marcus Rashford in Manchester, which is just fucked up. It's so wrong. And you know what? Um... Uh, a credit to the people who were out there the next day covering up the racist stuff with hearts and positive messages for Marcus Rashford. They've already fixed the mural. It was a beautiful thing, a, shy, a, a show of unity in England that they do not tolerate this crap, and I loved it. I love seeing that. I hate seeing the racism. It marred what was an excellent tournament run for England that they should be very proud of. They made their country very proud. Congrats to Italy on winning. I was rooting for England. You know, I, I do have family in England, and they, they were all really hyped up and really excited about this team. England is still waiting for their first um, trophy since the 66 World Cup. Um, but, man, huh, your heart just goes out to these guys. 
And um, shout-out to Jason Sudeikis, man. Uh, first off, Ted Lasso Season 2 comes out, I believe, next Friday. Or, no, I, less than a week from now. I can't wait. Ted Lasso Season 2 is going to be amazing. But last night, he wore a shirt that said, Marcus and Jadon and Bakuyo to the Ted Lasso Season 2 premiere, showing a support for those three players in their fight against racism. It was awesome to see. Shout-out to Jason Sudeikis. Not even English. was really cool, man. Really Really cool of him and just so uncool of these racist pieces of shit to be the way they are. We should, we should be past this at this point. We really should. Um, a couple other news. I actually, um, I just saw this now. Um, I, I just saw this now. We're literally scrolling through ESPN.com. Uh, Kevin, this is more just adding on to our Olympics uh, basketball story. Uh, it appears Kevin Love is withdrawing from the Olympics. So uh, Kevin Love will be out of the Olympics for Team USA. Um, so uh, now I have to, I have to think Julius Randle is going to make the team because Julius Randle was going to make the team, but they decided to go with Kevin Love. Now with Bradley Beal and I believe Jeremy Grant also in the protocols and Kevin Love out of the Olympics, um, I expect Julius Randle to make the team. Uh, I saw Christian Wood was another possible uh, fill-in as well. Um, so... I, I don't know. I don't know why Kevin Love's not doing the Olympics. It's a little weird. Um, but, you know, hey, I, I wouldn't want to go to these Olympics either. These, weirdest, these are going to be the weirdest Olympics we've ever had. So, um, without a doubt. So, um, good luck to Kevin Love. Good luck to Team USA replacing him. Uh, I'm, you know, I totally understand why so many major stars decided to not do this tournament this year. Um, it's, 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 oh, thank goodness, yeah, it's, this is going to be a mess. This Olympics are going to be a mess. But I'm excited to watch the swimming and Katie Ledecky, Bethesda's finest, uh, do well in the Olympics. Um, that should be exciting. Uh, one other story I saw, uh, I don't have an article in front of me, but I saw that Tom Brady played last season with a torn MCL and won the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just, wow. I mean, geez, I mean, we need another reason to be impressed by Tom Brady. Not to sound like Ethan, but uh, if you need another reason to be impressed by Tom Brady, the fact that he played a season with a torn MCL at age 42, won the freaking Super Bowl, his seventh all-time, that's pretty impressive. And by the way, it's kind of cool. No, it's not cool because it happened in Boston. But it's, it's worth noting that everywhere Tom Brady goes, there seems to be some sort of success. Um, you know, we saw uh, in Boston, Tom Brady was, ever since he was drafted, Boston's had a ton of championships. And then he goes to Tampa, Lightning win two Stanley Cups, Bucks win the Super Bowl, Rays go to the World Series. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, anyway, I think that just about does it for today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I'm trying to think if there's really anything else. Uh, I know the British, the ESPN app appears to be down right now. I know the British Open is underway. Um, I, I know a lot of, um, unfortunately, uh, some, some, some major golfers are out of it. Um, this year as well um, that's underway as well um, we'll see who wins that uh, sucks to see um, let's see is there anything else I need to talk about um, Barty won the female championship at Wimbledon Ashley Barty and uh, I believe Novak Djokovic won the men's championship I don't know who won the Tour de France I'm sorry Pat Honan I know you're really into that I don't know or particularly care who won the Tour de France I'm sorry um I think that pretty much does it for today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brenner, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry with all the people coming in and out of the Pike and Rose bathroom. 
I know that must be really annoying, uh, but I'll try and record in a better spot next week. Uh, and I'll remind you to subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At UFRWBB, follow me personally on Twitter at BBry1991. Follow me personally on Instagram at BBry1991. Follow me on TikTok at BBry1991. Psych! Just kidding. I'll never download a TikTok. TikTok is evil. Anyway, um, yeah, come visit me at the International Spy Museum uh, when I'm working there. Uh, it's a great museum. It's a lot of fun. Uh, listen to all my friends' podcasts whenever they do them. I, I know they haven't been releasing them lately, but shout out to Charlie Ferrillo and ostensibly a sports show. Shout out to Michael Edgley and a DC Who That Way. I'm excited to go to the Nats game tonight with Michael Edgley and Tim Clark. Uh, shout out to Evelyn Viernes and Down the Rabbit Hole. And of course, congrats, a shout out to the only reason we're even doing podcasts today. Sports on the Hill with Robbie Gross and Carol Porter III. Listen to their podcast. Um, that just about does it, folks. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Upon Further Reviews with Brian Brennan. And I'll talk to you next time.